Hello everyone and welcome to episode 208 of the Mighty Whites podcast. We didn't end up doing one as a preview for the Arsenal game due to life getting in the way, but I'll tell you what we wouldn't have done. Guess that formation correctly. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Hello. KC's a little bit ill. Ill. Tired. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> All the things. I feel like Ben White's betrayed me. He's it's, it's saved your season. He has, and he's betrayed all of us doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll get straight into it. Arsenal 4, Leeds 1. Um, I've ended up with one of them weekends where I, have, I haven't even seen like the three-minute version back, so I'm just going off what I saw live, which doesn't even have notes. But the interesting, the most interesting thing about it was to, an hour before kickoff. Leeds are set up. Um, it ended up being a 4-3-3 with Rasmus Christensen and Jack Harrison either side of Mark Locker in midfield. Um, some of them on the left, Sinistero on the right, and Aronson up front. Uh, what did you think of the way Leeds sell? Um, it was um, a slightly more attacking take on the classic uh, ta- Scottish tactician. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, Craig Levine. Yeah, was it? Was that? Was his a uh, four six zero? Was that against Czech Republic? I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and came away shockingly came away with a brave draw. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I sort of understood what he was going for in a sense, and with one eye on the the next two games, but it was maybe a bit disappointing that like Brutair didn't start instead to have some sort of semblance of a striker on the pitch. Yeah, before the game, I I was looking at it and thinking, I don't see how you can't play anyone who is a target you can hit. Like I thought, it, regardless of who it was, I thought there would be one striker, and I thought that I mean, to, to be honest, before the game, I thought that it was a pretty poor lineup. But for half an hour, it worked pretty well. Um, we defended the middle quite well, didn't give them much space. Whenever they did get on the ball. Christensen would sort of drop in and like go between Ailing and Cock to an extent. So it was like an extra one. Harrison did the same on the other side, which admittedly is less strong because defensively, Furpo and Harrison versus Christensen and Ailing. Although lately, Furpo's been about the best one. Um, but it did look a bit flat back six some points. But with the pacey players that he picked, when we did get the chances to counter, we counted pretty well. I mean, we had was it was it Christensen that had the effort after about ten seconds? Yes, maybe uh, from that. That would be uh, after an absolute flyer at the Emirates. Yeah, and then there was a couple of other good breaks. I suppose the best chance was a, I think it was a one-two, but Mark Locker played a nice little through ball for Somerville, who went inside on his right foot, and that was a pretty good chance that he didn't really catch. And then at the other end, Jesus had a header over from a Jack across, and for half an hour. Those were like the two really good chances, and if you'd have offered us one big chance, one good chance each in the first half hour, you'd thought, "Oh, we're doing well here." Yeah, although it was uh, a touch shocking how unmarked Jesus had ended up at about seven yards from goal. Mm. It, a bold strategy to to not mark him at all. Yeah, which I think is why he put it over, not <laughs> under enough pressure. Yeah, I'm trying. Was he between the centre backs or was he between Straub and Furpo? I think he was between Straub and Furpo because we got sucked across. Yeah. 
But um, it was nice to see Pascal Strout back in, and I thought he did fine. Um, yeah, so for half an hour, I was very pleased, and I was genuinely... I I'd, I'd almost... I I'd pretty much started to believe, oh, we might have a chance of getting some at here. Uh, but then, after that first half an hour, 1-0 Arsenal, Jesus with a penalty. Uh, I should treat this with good faith and like treat everything at face value. There's been a lot of debate on Twitter about whether this was a penalty or not, and a lot of people are very adamant in either direction. I'd just like to know what your opinion is, Casey. I thought it was a penalty, and I thought it was a really stupid penalty. Yeah, it was absolutely blatant. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Haley just kicked him in the knee for no reason. When, when you see one defender have a bit of a grab and think about sliding in, you think, no, just, just leave him. He's running straight towards the byline. It's fine. And then Luke Ayling dived in as if he missed a, missed a tackle in the game he got sent off against last year. Mm. That's how early he went in on this. And then he looked and went, I'm not going to win this. I'll kick him in the knee. And you just... just no, just just leave him. He's as gone down. As, He's as got to go around you. Is. As bad as the initial tackle is, the second thing that he does. Ah, <laughs> it, oh, it was just so stupid. And and look, you can argue all day about whether you know that's how you should go down if someone kicks you in the side of the knee. But like, he had enough time. He went down so early. That he could have sat there for a second and thought, I'm not getting this. I, I'll just leave him. All he can do now is either chip it up or pull it back. Yeah. No, I'm going to kick him, actually. I think I'm going to kick him. I've kicked it. Oh, fuck, I shouldn't have kicked him. Like that. That is honestly how long it felt like it took to go through that whole ordeal with him. Yeah, it, it almost seemed like he had enough time to get back up. Like, it was maybe a second away from having enough time to get back up. But, yeah, as bad as it would be to just let him waltz past you and drill it across goal left-footed, it's preferable to what he did. And we did have, because of the way we were set up, we will have had players in the middle who might have cleared it. Bloody loads of them, I imagine. Yeah, it was just a a complete brain fart. And I suppose those are the things that Luke Aylin has done a bit more of over the last couple of years that have started to exacerbate a lot of people. Like, he's always... Luke Aylin's been a brilliant signing for us. He'll always always be a player that I really like and that I look back on fondly. But, God, that was a very silly thing to do. Yeah, I kind of wish we'd stop playing him at the Emirates now. Yeah, he doesn't... What do you think it is? Is (laughs) Has he got too much to prove? So he becomes worse? I, I don't know. I'd love to. I mean, it it it's it's two games and two really stupid decisions he's made in those games. Um, there, there's a question for you. What was stupider? Kicking out at Jesus' knee high and giving away a penalty, or tear arsing into the corner to go flying in two footed and get your sense sent off? What I seem to remember being within the first 15 minutes of the game. I think it's the one in the corner, just because he's going absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and he has time to think about it when he's running. <laughs> in in the three, four seconds he's sprinting into this, you'd think you're going, 
you don't need to do this, Luke. You don't need to. He's going, no, ah, oh, why have you done that? Oh, well, I mean, look, long term, I don't think it would have mattered. I think we would have got, I think we would have ended up getting beat anyway. But, you know, it goes in at half time, still 1 0. And that's the goal that does it. And you go in at 0 0 and it does feel different. Maybe we then bring on a Bamford and go, all right, well, we'll see if we can get out a bit more. Maybe it changes the way it plays. But at least at 1 0, you're in the game. Maybe you have a chance. You just need to not like get done early in the second half. So Ben White scores in the 47th minute. It is amazing watching that clip how many times Jack Harrison checks his shoulder to make sure he knows where he is. I <laughs> haven't really seen it back, but you're not the first person I, I've heard I, say they, that. I know, they, I know they mentioned it on the square ball, but you're just watching <laughs> this slow-mo of J- Jack Harrison. Still, uh, I've got him. He's still... Uh, and then he looks forward for about two to three seconds. And oh, he's gone. Yeah. He's, he's got he's so far gone. Yeah. Um bless it. And and I understand how that happens. This is what happens when you have a very attack-minded winger defending six yards out from his own goal. Yeah. Like strangely marking not his strong suit. Um and as so, much as we think of Ben White as a centre-back, he is now getting good at getting forward in those areas. He's been playing right back for him for a long time, and he's got very good at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and at that point, I was thinking, yep, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, lovely Ben there, smiling, having a bit too much fun celebrating this goal. Yeah, is is did, Ben White a dickhead? I didn't, I, didn't get too, <laughs> I didn't get too angry, but at the same time, I was thinking, like, come on now, Ben, come on. Yeah, Calvin's not even cold in the ground yet, and look at you. <laughs> yeah, I I remember putting on Twitter when we had Ben White on loan, a, a few times making the same joke that was just, "I want to be Ben White when I grow up." What do you mean he's ten years younger than me? <laughs> Um, and I, I, I like, I, I love Ben White as a footballer. Like, I know it's a cliche, but absolute Rolls Royce of a footballer. Hmm. The more he plays against us, and the more he has that face <laughs> and that facial hair, I don't know. Like, there's something of the smug dickhead about him. <laughs> now. He was in the team that got us promoted, so he could score 10 more goals against us and celebrate them all like chuff and be and be a bit of a prick about on the pitch. And I'd still come down on the side of, I like them white. So don't get me wrong, I like them white. But I did think, oh, I can see what it is that's getting people's back up here. <laughs> I, I don't know what he did, and I do not want to get into speculation, but I'm with Gareth Southgate now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, again, um, for legal reasons, I'm not speculating. Obviously, there were rumours surrounding his departure from Qatar. And then the fact that he is uh, having a really good season in a tabletopping team and did not make the England squad um, makes me think there has been, let's say, a breakdown in the relationship between Ben White and Gareth Southgate. Something happened. (laughs) <laughs> Something happened, and I'm fully with Gareth on this one. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, for now, 
I'm still coming down on Ben White's side, just about. <laughs> um, but yeah, that basic. I mean, to be honest, in in like when I play on Twitter, I think it was at three 0 that I said that's game over. But if we're being honest, the Ben White goal that was game over. We were never getting more than one. No, and to be honest, the next half hour, we we didn't really we we didn't really do anything in the game, did we? There was nothing much of note until. We got the goal. A half hour might be a bit of a push, but we we were out of that game for a fair while after that. Yeah. Um, uh, Gabriel Jesus made it free. I can barely remember this goal, to be honest. I think that this was the point where I'd gone, ah, well, it's over. But was it uh, Trossard got him down the right in a pullback? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then he just drilled it in. He had plenty of space. It was just good, a good, well-worked goal, if I remember rightly. Uh, we did make a few changes, which I believe came after that goal, if I remember right. Yeah, 10 minutes later, Rodrigo for Sinistera, McKenney for Aronson. And then later on, Rutter for Somerville, Cooper for Cock, and Bamford came on right at the end. Uh, but the the goal, I'm trying, I know that it was Jack Harrison's pass inside that got deflected out to Christensen, but was it Rutter that kind of got us up the pitch down the left? I think it was. I, I it, because the game um, was over. I genuinely. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. Furpo, Luther, I don't yeah, know we'll see. Pitch at this point, I'd, I'm not going to lie. I'd really tuned out by this point. I'd very much yeah. accepted our our fate and and had moved we, on to uh, how shit I'm going to feel after we only get two points from the next two games. Yeah, at this point, we were more taking the piss out of a guy. Because like Chef United, he was a Chef United fan and Chef United were playing and he seemed way more interested in like Leeds. He described was... Leeds getting relegated to League One as the best day of his life. And, and I it just... took him it took him until and it took him until about four minutes in to explain, oh no, Chef United got promoted the same day. And I was like, Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> I'm not gonna remember that. <laughs> so mate, you you need to let this go. Yeah, but no, he was a nice enough guy. It was just funny. Uh, but the uh, yeah, it, Harrison ball inside gets sort of deflected out to Rasmus Christensen, who does strike it really well. Uh, looked like it took a bit of a deflection, which threw Ramsdale off. Um, it, but... it comes off the back of Zinchenko, sort of turns away from it. Um, yeah, the, Ramsdale does well to sort of get a hand to it at all, to be fair. Yeah, um, so but yeah, it's a good strike and uh. You know, two in two for Rasmus Christensen. Wouldn't have expected that. Uh, then, basically, I think that for the rest... Of, I, I think it was just before the goal that we had the one really good bit of football we played in the second half where we played a load of nice passes and Aronson had a decent chance saved. Uh, mm. But they basically then kept the ball for the rest of the game. And uh, Granit Xhaka scored late on from an Erdegaard ball. Yeah, back post header. Yeah, I, I barely remember that one either. Granit Xhaka, who uh, one is something of a fan favourite at Arsenal now, and two has scored seven goals this season. Well, uh, to be he's, honest, he's having a brilliant season. When you watch the way it works, like that position really suits him. He gets forward well because because Thomas Partey, who probably shouldn't be playing, but because he sits so well, there's plenty of room for him to get up and down. But also, if Sinchenko, if Sinchenko really goes. Because he has played defensively and played in left back, he's quite good at covering that. Like 
they're just a good side of Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and we got beat, and we we deserved to get beat, and we expected to get beat. If you'd only seen the first half an hour, you'd think that scoreline was harsh, but by the end. Yeah. It might, it, I mean, maybe if you're being nice to us, it's harsh by one goal. But like Yeah, it's, it's kind of that point where I think I think three I think three one would have been fairer than four one, but I, I it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, and, and you kind of looked a lot of our substitutions were right. Uh there are players who are potentially going to be suspended here. Uh let's get them off. Who else yeah. needs a rest? Uh, Rodrigo needs a bit of a run out in what has now become a non-competitive environment. So let's get him on for a bit. Um, it, it all became a bit of an under-21s game by the end of it, to be honest, in terms of just getting some players on for minutes and, and things uh, like that. You can't call it an under-21 game because we don't get to play them anymore. Hmm. They all just get called off. What By the time we play the next one, it's going to have been a month. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on, Jack. Yeah. Um, with regards to the lineup, obviously it started to work for half an hour, so I'm fine with him trying it. But do you think that he picked that style and that lineup just because he thought the plan would work? Or do you think it was more Forest at home, Palace at home? It's really hard not to not to think about the, the Forest and Palace games. Like mm. I, th- I think you can... Th- th- there is certainly an argument to having three players up front who are pacey. Mm. Uh, like, you know, that's cl- that was clearly the intent that when... That, that we have, you know, four players up there who, when we break, have the pace to get forward. And, and they are all clearly faster than, than Bamford and Rodrigo. Yeah. Um... I would argue that you need three of them and an actual striker yeah. to, to play around. Um again, yeah, I don't you know, I don't think Bamford should be playing three games in eight days. Like I absolutely agree with that. Mm. Um but I feel maybe forty five minutes and then so and then swap them or or like you say, start Routaire. Um, and have someone who is a bit of a base to work off anyway. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, I, I would file it under, it was worth a go. Like, it wasn't I, the team I'd have picked, but I think it's fair enough. You, you know, there are still people who, who grumble about the way we went about the Brighton game. Mm. And, you know, I, ultimately, in terms of tactics, he was proved right in that game. Like, we, we stood up, you know, we, we, Pressed at the right times, we dropped off at the right times. Um, yeah, you know, I think he he is going to be looking at the way he is he's approached these games. He is going to be very proactive in his choices. It's not going to be this is how we play. Um, no, it's the very force... opposite of that. Yeah, so we we are very much a this is how the opposition play, and we are a poor team, so we best change. Yeah, um, and and you know, it is worth a go. And, and so far, I think I, I think he's got it uh, a lot more right than he has wrong. Yeah, um, I don't. And, think and it'll be a shame. Any... We'll it'll be a shame when we sack him uh, if he doesn't get a win on Tuesday and bring Graham Potter in. Well, you know what? You just did my transition for me. 
I was going to say, there isn't really any Leeds news. Leeds did a very nice video with regards to Chris Loftus and Kevin Spade, which Jadal Watson has gone everywhere and he's very nice. And it's nice after last year where they didn't really do enough. They've done a bit more this year. It's been good to see. Um, the only news really is elsewhere. Uh, and seeing as you mentioned, Potter, we will start with Graham Potter being sacked. Um, so what was it? 200 million in the summer including very specifically going after players Tuchel wanted, sack him, bringing 300 million worth of players who Potter hasn't asked for. So you've therefore given him a first-team first team squad of about 31, 32 players. None of whom really seem to be strikers. Yeah, and then sack him. It's a, it's a, it's a very odd strategy. Look, I, I understand why stuff like this happens because there is someone who has gone, look at all the money I've spent on this and, and you've done nothing with it. I'm like, yeah, but you don't need to, no one needs to buy this many footballers in a season. <laughs> and, and, this go, and this goes this goes to you, Forrest, as well. <laughs> like, Lewis O'Brien is on loan in the MLS. <laughs> look, you've not had him that long. Come on. Um it was quite interesting on Match of the Day, listening to them talking about, uh, and I think it was Danny Murphy, if I remember rightly. And the probably the, the long and short of it was that there are some managers who are better at man managing, and there are those who are who are better at coaching. Mm-hmm. And perhaps Chelsea need more of a man manager when. Uh, Potter is more of a football coach. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I don't know that's that that's a very uh you know a very glib interpretation of, of his managerial ability because if you read a lot about him there is plenty about his man management skills but I do you do wonder if there's there's a number of footballers who've who've played in the World Cup and played in the Champions League uh, often enough that look and go Right, why have we got this guy from Brighton here? Like, what's he, yeah. what's he done? Well, I don't obviously, I don't know if it's 100% true, but it was in, I think it was in the athletics report that there were some, there were some of the Chelsea players who were googling who he was when he arrived, mm. which to me speaks to them being incredibly fucking ignorant because he was managing in their <laughs> league in the against league. them. <laughs> but, um, maybe, maybe it is one of them where. They need a Carlo Ancelotti type. Yeah. Who, Come on, lads! You all know how to play. Yeah, seems to be able to ah, go on. Then seems to be able to change a game by instead of making subs, just raising his eyebrows a bit and going, <laughs> and then to score two goals. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the sort of thing they need. Um, I will bring up the thing that uh, pretty much everyone has said. Would you have him in the summer? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm on the same page as you with this one. I really like him as a as a coach. I think tactically, I, I really like his style. Um, and I still think we I still think our squad would suit a back three, and he likes a back three. Yeah, as, 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 if Luke Ayling is not one of those back three, then yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. Um, yeah, and, obviously, and it remains to be seen. Yeah, um, like, obviously, that would be an if we stay up. But if we the if we stay up thing is weird because if we stay up really well, 
they've almost no choice but to give it to Avi Gracia. Even though I'm not sure that's really the right thing to do. If we stay up comfortably, they'll pretty much have to. Hmm. If we if we just about scrape it on the last day, that's probably the way something like this happens. And if we go down, it's a completely different ma- job market and we see what happens. Unless he just fancies moving back up here after his time at Leeds Carnegie. Yeah. I bet he loved it in Headingley. Yeah. Um, but the other one, which is really more pertinent to the situation we're in, uh, Leicester City of well, mu- mutual agreement that for once actually sounds like it is with Brendan Rodgers and he's gone. Yeah, it's it's sort of surprising in the not not because of how they're playing, it, more in how late some of these yeah. teams are, are leaving it. Um, I think this is the record, by the way, 30, 13 managerial departures this season. Yeah, what is, it like, what is it? 12 sackings and Potter going from Brighton to Chelsea. Oh, God, it's, it's Chris Graham Potter, two of them. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, Poor guy. All he did was get a massive pay rise and then probably get a pay. They don't have to give him the entire payoff because I believe technically it would have been about 50 million. But they, they do have to give him like 15 to 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can I be Chelsea manager for three months, please? <laughs> yeah. I'll just pick a team and not do any tactics like Carlo Ancelotti would and just stand there and go, go on. I'll probably get as many wins as Graham Potter. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder with, uh, with Rodgers, I imagine for Leicester fans... In a year, I think it will go back to. I will remember him for taking us up the league and winning the FA Cup and and yeah. that side of it. I, you can understand now, probably why fans might want him out. Um, I well, don't think summit's, summit's clearly gone long there, hasn't it? I mean, I think I think that yeah, I think there's something not quite happening there because that squad shouldn't be in this position. I don't know. You can say that about most of the bottom eight, but you know they should be at the top end of that, and probably at, at, at least six points ahead of sort of where twelfth are. Yeah, yeah, um, they are. They are currently nineteenth with twenty five points from twenty eight. Uh, they also haven't won any of the last five, but they got beat at Palace at the weekend, didn't they? Beat at Palace, and and I think and like at, the... what was it by half time? Palace had had twenty shots, and Leicester had had none. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember if it's this game. No, it was the sorry, it was the Brighton game. I was, I was thinking of a statistic for, but it was something down like thirty three shots. Palace had had by full time. Leicester had had mm. four. Um, yeah. Now the the slightly unlucky thing in in that is that Mateta scores. 30 seconds from full time. Mm. Um and it's a it's a really well taken goal as well. And if that doesn't happen, it's it's a point away from home and it's it's probably not a bad one. Um, uh, if 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 but, they get that if they get that point, they are seventeenth and us and Everton drop down one and we drop into the relegation zone if they'd have got that point. Yeah. Um which so is, we, yeah. and they probably don't sack him. Yeah, I, I, he at least gets another game, I imagine. Um, which, which tells you about how, how tight it all is uh, down there at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, you, you look at that team and you just think like, how have, how have you ended up in this position? You know, the the, the must. I know, I know that the, the financially yeah. they're not. They ran out of money, didn't they? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this squad should be should be capable of of staying up. And it, and again, you, you wonder. It's the same names that go round and around with every sacking now. Is that Rafa Benitez is linked with both the Chelsea job and the, the Leicester job yeah. at this point? Um, I think it, I think him for Leicester makes quite a lot of sense. I've always thought the Chelsea fans loved him after his previous stint there. He, he did manage to get probably what sixty percent of them on side mm. because he did so well. Um, yeah, it's, I suppose I think Leicester kind of just forgot who they were. Like, you know, that, the Leicester model was talked about for ages, but they haven't been doing that the last couple of years. No. Like, you know, yeah. As yeah. they could have sold a 32-year-old Jamie Vardy, still got quite a lot of money and got 100, 100, 100 plus thousand pounds a week off the wage bill. When Arsenal wanted him and stuff like that. Not the first time when they just won the league, the second time. Because Man United wanted him, didn't they? When they were desperate for a striker. And they didn't do it because they because they like doing that. Well, if they do that, they flip him. If they sell Yuri Tielemans two years ago, yeah, instead yeah, of letting yeah. him run his instead of letting him run his contract down, that, maybe that gets reinvested and maybe they do it well. But yeah, um, we'll see who they get. Hopefully, it's. I mean, I hope they get Frank Lampard. Thought <laughs> it's worth. Yes, so do I. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at that team they started with, and you're looking at Barnes, Madison, Dacca, Dewsbury Hall. Um, you know, I, I don't that you know the, the defense isn't brilliant, but you know, Harry Souter is coming off of a good World Cup and is a decent central defender. They have a little um, bit weak at back, and they're weak in goal as well. Well, I've I just noticed they've got uh, uh, Daniel Everson in goal. Oh, is Everson taken over from Ward now? I yeah, I don't know when they signed him. Uh, I'm uh, assuming it was it's ve- January. It, it was there in the summer. It's been there all season. Oh, okay. Um, I just remember because the reason I remember, um, I'm about ninety five percent sure I'm right when I say this, is because they were both the same price on a fantasy league at the start it, of the season. In fact, you know who was going to? It's been there since 2018. Yeah, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia now, and every it's just been year, on loan. He's been on loan every year. Um, I thought that he was an actual Preston player. That's the one place I do remember him playing. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I was just having a look at it. I was just looking at the, like I said, just looking at their team against Crystal Palace because Danny Ward was on the bench. So at some point there has been a, I think we need to drop Danny Ward here. Yeah. But... As with before, everything's really, really tight, but we have dropped down from our lofty height of 14th, did we get to? Yes. Uh, we are now 17th, because uh, Bournemouth beat Fulham. The bastards. Yep, fucking Fulham. But Thank there you. is a thing going, I don't know what the exact thing is, but Fulham, like, XG-wise, should be about 15th or something. <laughs> 15th, they've just had a really they- hot streak. I, th- I think it was saying before the highlights on Saturday that they had, I think they'd faced the most shots in the league I, this season. I believe, right, I might be wrong. I think it was John McKenzie on that TIFO football podcast. I think as of last weekend, they had the worst XG against, if anyone in mm. the league. 
So, like, they have had a hot streak, but fair play to them. You do well, you win enough games, and now they're safe as houses. And they're still above Chelsea. Um, and then, yeah, For- Forrest crept up above us because did, did they draw with Wolves? Wolves got, or did they get beat it by was, Wolves? Yeah, it was, it was one all. Um, oh, yeah, it was Podence in like the last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, Podence with the late goal. Um, and was it Podence that made it look like he was going to spit at Brennan Johnson, but seemed to I, I blow haven't seen in his that face? Back. I haven't seen that back. I saw a lot of people saying he'd spat him, but I haven't actually seen it back. Well, he, he basically did the action uh, with his mouth of spitting without any of the phlegm leaving his mouth, um, which is an which is an odd one. Mm. Um, and, and VR apparently even said the reason this nothing was done about this was because by all you know, looking at the video evidence, nothing seems to have left his mouth. Oh, mate. Which, which it just seems a strange thing to do in that case. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the conspiracy continues. Yeah. Obviously, Palace are up to 12th, having beat Leicester, which we talked about. And the, the only other one at the weekend that affected us was uh, West Ham beat Southampton 1-0. Uh, so Southampton are still rooted to the bottom. West Ham, that took them a point above us with a game in hand. It's that all was, still incredibly tight. That was a very poor game of football as well. But as but David Moyes even said after afterwards, at this stage, performances are a distant second to results. Yeah. Um, I mean, that first half, um, Southampton had one one good chance that was kind of a, a shot through some bodies that, that Fabianski made a really good save. But, you're just looking at, especially without Che Adams, like, my goodness, they, they started with Walcott and I'm trying to remember who else they started up front with. I, say, um, I, did, I didn't, I, I have seen that three minute highlight package that's on it was, the uh, Walcott, Walcott and Mara started up oh. front. What I've seen uh, of Seku Mara, I think he looks quite good. <laughs> yeah, it, it did not work. Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose at this point. Again, there's there's arguments both ways, but at least with Southampton losing, it's potentially someone getting cut adrift at the bottom. I mean, admittedly, yeah. if they win their next one, that that it's, disappears. But yeah, it is still. I mean, Southampton in twentieth to Wolves in thirteenth is five points. It's still really tight, which brings us to tomorrow night. Our lives will change. Tomorrow night, we'll hopefully be entertained. Um, Forest at home. Um, I mean, this is a pro. We have this is one of them. You don't get many. This is a proper full on must win. Yeah, Forest have been. So poor away from her. I'm just having a look. One, uh, uh, one good, I was about to Google it, but I'll let you. I don't uh, know what the specifics are, but I know that they've been shite away from home. I, I have got it here. Away from home, one win, three draws, nine defeats, four goals scored, 32 against. Um, Four goals scored, 32 conceded. Yes, which has Leeds 1-0 defeat written all over it. Looking, at I was that. just No, what I was going to say is if the price is out, like, I think I'm having Forrest to score over one and a half goal. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, just on the subject of betting, I don't think I actually said specifically what happened. Obviously, I had a massive long shot. We just put these on Twitter because we didn't do a podcast. I had a massive long shot that was like 66 to 1. But KC had Ben White any time, which he sent to me at 12 to 1. But because I'm a gen, I went on Odds Checker and had a look around. And you could get 17 to 1. So I said, oh, it's 17 to 1. Anyway, that lands. Which takes, which means that my my bets for this season are minus one hundred and ninety five pounds. Uh, good job these are all theoretical, isn't it, rather than real? Yeah. Uh, and well, I, 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 I have, I don't know, I'm I, somewhat disappointed. I have backed a couple of them, but KC, you are now over the season. You are up by fifteen quid. Oh Christ! By winning one hundred and seventy, you're now up by fifteen. <laughs> I don't think we even need to put that these are that we are a. A betting podcast or anything like that. I think no, I, I specified. I've specified the whole way through. These are not actual bet. On the if there's a very incredibly rare occasion where I actually have a betting tip, I will say it, and I generally put them on Twitter. But there's about two a season <laughs> where that happens, and it's normally a tennis match. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, back to Forest. Yeah. Uh, in the away league table, they are bottom with six points. They have the same record as as West Ham, who I also d- like up. So West Ham uh, have six points as well, same record, but they scored seven, uh, which means that two of those goals came against us. Yeah, I was just going to say because well, that says a lot because obviously we beat West Ham at home very very comfortably by two mm. goals to two, I believe. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> West Ham, who had uh, who had only scored two goals in their previous five games and had lost all of them, so yeah, um, yeah so it speaks well for us. But that was under Marsh. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to say about this. That they, they don't do well away from home. We are. Uh, Where are 16th, we in the home we, table? Uh, we are sixteenth. Uh, four wins, five draws, four defeats. You see, that doesn't sound terrible until you like in and of itself. Until you realise that that's the sixteenth best home record. In and of itself, that sounds okay. Yeah, to have only lost five, you know, to to basically have lost a third of your games at home is is not the worst. Mm. Uh, We have zero goal difference as well. Scored 18, conceded 18. Uh, there are only two teams who have won fewer games at home than us, and that's Leicester and Southampton, yeah. which is cause for concern. Um, yeah. Obviously, Forest have a, still got the massive squad. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they'll line up, but it'll be Kayla Navis in goal. You would think who is he's getting on a bit, but he's, he's goalkeeper, so it doesn't matter so much. Um, had, had quite a good game against us as well. It's it's probably worth saying. Yeah, he did well in in the first half when we were playing well and should have been miles ahead. And then in mm. the second half, we didn't really give him what to do. Um, Felipe, the one that played for Athletic Madrid for ages, has been in at centre back, and he's by from by all accounts been pretty good. I don't know who they'll play alongside him because they've got a few options. Probably Nico Williams and Renan Lodi as the right back and left back. Um, yeah, I'm just looking because it was Harry Toffolo against Wolves and right. on the left, and Williams at right. I would, to be honest, I think I'd probably prefer it to be Lodi. I think 
Toffolo's probably a bit better defensively mm. of the two. Considering they only ended up paying about like three and a half million quid for Toffolo from Huddersfield, I'd have probably uh, not minded us getting him. Like He's not great, but he'd have been a left-back. So we had two. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, who else? Uh, like uh, Chekukiate is not a bad midfielder. That thriller looks decent. Um, but the main thing with them, basically, I mean, because Chris Wood's out for the season, isn't he now? Injured. Mm. Uh, they have a, they have other forwards and stuff, but um, the combination of the three that worry me are Gibbs White, I think he's really good, and Brennan Johnson are the main two. And Emmanuel Dennis on a good day. Because yeah. when Emmanuel Dennis plays well, he is a good player. But it's Gibbs, Gibbs White and Brennan Johnson worry me. And if they put Brennan Johnson on the right, which they have done a lot lately, as, mu- as much as Furpo has been much improved and stuff, Johnson versus Furpo is a duel I'm not looking forward to. No, he's uh, he's had a good season as, as Brennan Johnson amongst all this. Um, oh, he's got eight goals this season, which is for which is not a bad return when you're in the situation that you're in. No, I was going to say, what is that like half the ones they've scored? Probably. Well, yeah, I was going to say, he's got double their away record. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah he's he's their biggest threat. He, I I really if you know that's one of them. Forrest, there's a chance that Forrest go down, but uh, Brennan Johnson definitely won't. Someone else, yeah. yeah. The more interesting one, I suppose. Uh, I mean, they they like their strength is wingers. Our strength is wingers, so that's probably where we're going to be looking. But what we're obviously going to make changes. There's no way we're going to pick the same team again. So what do you think we're going to be? I would, based on the noises in the press conference and the refusal to... It was a refuse to answer that from reading stuff back didn't sound hopeful. So I don't think we'll have Nonto or Verber back. Mm. I, I don't think both Bamford and Rodrigo start. I think it will be Bamford and Aronson. That's kind of your, your forward to again. Yeah. So the more four two three one version. Yeah, uh, and I think it, I think it might be a case of see Rodrigo come on at half time if yeah. if needed. Um, because yeah, after after the layoff he's had, it's I know we got half an hour against Arsenal, but I think it could be worth easing him back in still. Um, and to be honest, I don't I don't think we need to risk it just yet. I know this is a, a very important game, but I'd rather still take the chance because I think defensively, I think Bamford and Aronson's been working quite well. And we'll go back to Harrison and Somerville, probably out yeah, wide. I, would, I wasn't sure who it'd be, but Somerville had a much better game than Sinistera did against Arsenal. I t- I'd forgotten some Sarah was there to be honest. He, he had a very quiet game. Yeah, he was the quiet one, wasn't he? So like you would think some of the will keep his place. He like Harrison normally stays in one, he has a he does have the ability and stuff, but he also because he always works hard, it helps. Um I think you're right that it'll be Aronson and Bamford, but I would quite like to see Rodrigo and Bamford start this. I just keep thinking that if we could get them playing to get 
yeah, not even for all the games. If we could get them to have six games where they played together and stayed fit. Preferably the last six. Yeah. No, 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 not the last six, because some of them are Man City and stuff, and it likely won't matter. The six like coming up now. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's more vital. Um McKenney made it off the bench despite his bug, so probably back to McKenney and Rocker in the middle. Oh, one thing that I didn't talk about during the Arsenal game when we were talking about it, and I do want to bring it up because I think it's fair to... It was a system, so he picked the system he thought would work, and that's fine. But I do think that Darko Jaby has a bit of a right to look at that lineup and be a little bit miffed. Yeah, so when, when a right-back is is getting in the team ahead of you in your yeah. position... Now, admittedly, uh, yeah. off the off the ball, he was sort of dropping into right back, so I do understand why. But I think JB, if he if he went into manager's office the next day and went, like, come on, I think that's probably so long as he ain't a dick about it. Gaffer. I think that's fair. Gaffer, come on, <laughs> come on, Gaffer. Um, I, to, to be honest, I do think you're right about the the Rodrigo Bamford thing. As I look at these next few fixtures, because take out. I, to be honest, you know what? Leave in Liverpool at home because it's Liverpool. I've no idea what they're going to be like. They've no idea what they're going to be like, and we've already beaten once this season. Yeah, but yeah, uh, your your run of the next, let's say, six games because that takes us up to the Man City game is Forest, Forest at home, Palace at home, Liverpool at home, Fulham away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away. Right, I know that we just said. I know we just said what we said about Liverpool, but those other five, Mm. they're all games where you should be looking to get something. Yeah, you want to win your home games and and get a point away and get and get at least get something away because like Fulham, although they're higher up in the table than us, I don't think they're a great deal better than the teams at the bottom. They were just they played better at the start. They deserve to be up there. They won a lot of games. And now they're sort of regressing to the mean a bit. They're probably better than us, but not by loads. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we'll, it's second to last game of the season is West Ham as well, away. Which will be a very tense fixture. Yeah. Um, Unless and we have all safe, and then it's not a problem. <laughs> uh, the only other bit of the team we didn't say was the defence, and I could see something changing. Um do you think it'll? I'm, I'm assuming it'll stay right foot, left foot. Does so? Do you think it'll be Cock and Strauk or Cock and Cooper? Uh, I think Cock and Strauk. I, I think we're, yeah, I think we'll end up going with the back four because they seem to just be Gibbs White up front on his own with sort of Johnson and well, it certainly depends. This, sometimes sometimes push- they're wide, sometimes they are tens, yeah, it's a bit all over the place. But usually, whatever configuration, whether it's Gibbs White playing as like a false nine and dropping deep, or whether he's playing as a 10 and the other two push further forward, they do sort of end up as a three either mm. way. So you normally would, I think we'd be better for a four. Uh, Christensen or Ailing, I like that. Um, <sighs> I suppose I've got to pick one of them. Uh, I don't know. Rasmus is clearly a, a better midfielder, so I suppose it's got to be Luke Ayling right back to, <laughs> to allow for the attacking threat of Rasmus Christensen. I, I, I think that the last couple of games, 
even though Christensen's been out of position, Ailing's been poor, and Christensen has done things right. Like, scored two goals, even though that isn't really relevant for this. But just confidence-wise and things like that, I think Christensen's probably feeling better, so he, I think he'll get the nod. Uh, Firpo will stay in at left-back because he's done that wrong, as, and Melier will stay in as well. Uh, so, predictions slash bets, KC, I dare say. I mean, I haven't picked one out, and I'm assuming you haven't either. No, I never do. Because, uh... I, I, as I uh, in all honesty, I finished work about nine minutes before this podcast started, so I really haven't had a chance to look at much. Uh, leads are odds on to win this game, and I hate when we're odds on to win anything, but odds on odds on feels a little bit short. But, but I suppose once you see, I mean, you did say how bad Forest away record is, so it's probably fair enough. I am going to say uh, that we win 1 0. And I'm going to say it is going to be as tense and nervy as the Southampton game with all the quality of the Southampton game. Uh, so you're going 1 0 win. I am going for Leeds to win 3 1. Um, the other Forest goal. Uh, yeah, we, we, do, we do not keep clean sheets. You know, even when I've seen us have those weird runs where we actually did keep like four in the yeah. last six games, I was still saying Leeds don't keep clean sheets. Let's have a look at who, who it was that uh, Forest beat and have scored against this season, I suppose, away from home. Um, I could be com- uh, I've, I've, for a second, then I thought I could remember, and it's gone. I've got it here. Yeah. It was a 1 0 win away at Southampton. Oh, right, that makes sense because they are terrible. Such is, such, is, uh, such is the number of goals they've scored. I'm actually seeing who else they've scored against. <laughs> Uh, one away at Everton. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is an abysmal run. Um, one away at Bournemouth. And one away at Spurs in a 3 1 defeat. Yeah. Uh, where's the. Uh, just because I said it, even though it's not going to catch. No, it's not a big enough price. I I was just about to look up how much it was for Forrest to score two or more, but it's only five to two, which I really don't think is... That's not a good bet. Um, So I am going to go for... um, I'm just... I'm going to go for Jack Harrison, first goal, 10 to one, which is a very you bet. Well, That is very much my bet. Um, I am a. I'm saying ten to one. Uh, I will then actually go on odds checker and see if there's a better price about. But uh, we currently have a. There's nothing out there at the moment. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play it. Hey, so there admitting his atheism. Yeah. Oh no, my secret is out. <laughs> uh, given his his uh, prowess the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say to score or assist uh, Rasmus Christensen at 17 to 10. That is incredibly stingy, that prize, mate. Well, there, <laughs> I, I, there was nothing taking my fancy. And I mean, I'm not that... 
not that my betting record with these suggests you should have any confidence in my opinion, but as someone who works for a bookies, that's a fucking awful price. <laughs> Blame the Irish, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that will do as I will stick those in the sheet. By the way, in terms of points for results, it's 45-27 to me. But I think that's just because I'm more pessimistic than you and we're shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have predicted a number of times this season we were going to keep a clean sheet and it's not ended well. No. Um, so I've no idea why I think tomorrow will be any different. Yeah. Uh, in theory, we will be back probably one of Thursday or Friday. Um, yeah. Because we'll want to get one in before ahead of the Palace game. Um, we just... That, this is a must win, but I suppose do do we have to get six from Forest at home and Palace at home, or is four okay? I suppose if you get a, the one draw, probably is okay because it takes points off the other one. Yeah, I again, it'll be one of those where it, we'll end up doing it the odd way around, where we'll like get a draw against Forest and you think oh, that's a really poor result for their away record and then we'll beat Palace and and which are, with they, where they are will be a good result and you're just like could the other way around would feel so much better yeah. like you've beat the I, team you should beat and you've beat the team with the new manager who who won their first game under him um, but yeah given however you know how the, the table looks at the moment um, yeah. uh, in the, let's have a look at the form actually just before we finish. I just want to see. Well, Pal- how- Palaces is absolutely abysmal, like dreadful form that got Patrick Vieira sacked, but then Roy Hodgson won his first game. Yeah, I would, I would to be honest, I'm just looking for how many teams have, have won a like drawn and won a game in succession. Um, uh, West Ham have there's, there's a couple have, have done it then, Ever- Everton have. We have, um, and Southampton did it once, but there's there's been other games since. Yeah, uh, again, it's that thing of if you get to four, you know if we get four points from that with with six games left, you're at thirty points. You're at thirty from thirty if we get four. Yeah. Um, if, what, what, God, what if you give? could if you could win these two, if you're thirty two from thirty, like. Obviously, you're nowhere near safe, but that is, in terms of a relegation battle, not a bad position to be in. The the only team in the it's bottom just half a, is, you can't trust us to do it. The only team in the bottom half that that has won two games in a row is Chelsea. Like certainly in the last five, um, mm. you know, Forest have lost four of their last five. Um, sorry, did I say Forest or Leicester then? Uh, Leicester have lost four of their last five. Forest have lost three of their last five. They've not won in any of their last five games. Um, Wolves have only won one. Palace had lost their last four before. The Sun have been terrible since Christmas. It's Bournemouth have won two out of their last three, though. Yeah, it's just one of them. There's a lot of there's a lot of poor sides, but if you can just get on the run, and the good thing is we have been much more just like competent in the way we've handled games. And hopefully, and hopefully that's enough. Uh, I will just glance see where that gets. Uh, Bucky's still have us a six favourites to go down, and hopefully they're right. Uh, but 
that will do us for episode 208 at Mike White's podcast. We really, really have to win on Tuesday. I've been Jack. See you. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.